0: and Philip Lano's, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Oh, wow. I think we have an awesome treat for people today. Otis McGregor is here from Tribe and Purpose, and uh, we're going to be able to dive into something that I think more senior people are going to be able to appreciate who are in the game, been around for a while, but also for anyone who's just starting out to see exactly what it takes to get to the level that you're aiming for. So with that said, Jason and I welcome you. I hear it's not the first time and it definitely won't be the last time. So welcome back.
1: I appreciate it. Uh, Good to see y'all. And thanks for, thanks for the opportunity and bringing me back, man. Good to talk.
0: Yeah. So I always like to kick things off with a question. I think it does a lot for the tone of a conversation. And that is, do you yourself, Otis, come from a family of entrepreneurs?
1: No, 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 not at all. Uh, Which is kind of interesting. My dad, uh, PhD in uh, rocket science and designed and built, uh, you know, fighter jets for 30 some odd years. Uh, Yeah, I think the, The closest I would come that I'm thinking in relatives would be an uncle who was a lawyer and had his own law firm. So everybody else yeah, I think I'm the, I'm the black sheep of the family.
0: (laughs) Now is is that by design? Did you, did you specifically decide you were going to break the mold, uh, break away, start a different path?
1: No, I was afraid of it. Uh, You know, when I, when I first retired from the army, I went into corporate world, you know, cause that's that's what I knew, get a job. And uh, I had plenty of friends who started their own business and said, you should also do this. And I was like, nah, that's, that's scary stuff, scary stuff. I don't wanna do that. And finally, uh, you know, I got to the point where I was frustrated enough and all the other jobs and things I'd been doing that I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do this completely other thing It's completely different from anything I'd been doing, anything I thought about uh, as a as a means of generating revenue, you know, consulting. I did I did consulting for a while doing the same thing I was doing in corporate world that didn't sit. uh, But it wasn't until I decided to do uh, leadership coaching and executive coaching that it's like, all right, I can do this and I can I can handle the risk to do this, to grow it. So
0: now. Was there anything that happened in all your years in service and training that carried over into what you do with Tribe and Purpose?
1: Uh, Yeah, tons of it. Uh, A lot. I operated with a lot of autonomy uh, in in what I did with the Green Berets. You know, it was it was there was a lot of just go over there and do some of that stuff over there, and call us if you need help. And that autonomy, you know. Really, which is, which is ironic that it took me seven years after the Army to figure that out. Uh, but that autonomy, I think, was is part of it in that sense of, well, I can just, I can do what I need to do, how I need to do it, when I need to do it, and with whomever I want to. Uh, and when I was doing stuff with the Green Berets, you know, almost every, I'm trying to think, yeah, almost every one of my missions, even when we were, the entire unit was there. I was out by our, you know, as, as an old boss of mine used to say, and we were out alone and unafraid. Uh, so that that gave us a lot of freedom, which is you figure it out, which which is what entrepreneurs do, right? I mean, you what's the problem set? How do we fix it? All right, let's move on to the next. Uh, whether that problem sets within the business or the problem set that you're solving is the business. It's that sort of a thing, and that's what we did. And you know, as Green Berets, I had to, I had a lot of autonomy, and that's uh, that was a lot of power that enabled me to get to where I am now and do what I'm doing.
0: I love it. Now, you, I, I love that you brought up as well that that's kind of what entrepreneurship is—is is that level of autonomy. For some people, that's crippling. You know, um, having that much freedom, they don't know what to do with it. Even some entrepreneurs that are somehow making it work live with this imposter syndrome if you will right and nothing short of procrastinating to the very end and then finally taking action because they know they have to but that that freedom can be crippling for people uh did you ever experience that or have you heard of entrepreneurs or people who had that freedom during a mission and did you see how they were able to overcome that change that flip that well
1: uh, and this this may not be exactly what you're looking for, but one of the things that jumped in my mind uh, in that, particularly, it happened. I've seen it happen with, with uh, service members when they separate, is that that loss of structure. And one of the things that I've always been very very good about with myself is is structured discipline. Uh, from you know getting up in the morning, my my routine in the morning has been the same. You know I get up. And I work out. That's what I used to do when I was in the army. I get up, I work out, I eat breakfast, I I get things done. I have lunch around the same time every day, sort of thing. So I I've established a routine which makes that that freedom, that free form, not I wouldn't say not exist, but puts things back in my control, which is which is huge for me and huge for all of us. You know, I, I always teach people about The importance of that routine because a routine, a personal routine, is a system for ourselves. And in business, how do we get business more efficient and more effective? We create systems because once we have systems, it's repeatable and then we can tweak it and analyze it and improve on it. Well, our personal routine is no different. Do I get up and pee, then brush my teeth? Or maybe it's a little bit more efficient if I do it the other way around. Maybe, you know, maybe I should. I, I changed my workup around. You can experiment because it's a routine it's a system that we're creating in ourselves and we can analyze it and improve on it. And that's, to me, that that's such a huge thing. And, and military guys, I, I tell them all the time and every one of them, they're like, ah, I'm just going to sleep in. I got a good friend of mine that's doing this right now, just retired a couple of months ago. It's like, I just sleep in and do whatever, you know, I get up when I, I'm like, dude, it's going to come around. It'll come around, and you're gonna you're gonna feel that that void in your gut, and this this feeling of something's missing, and it's that structure. There's there's I, I don't care who you are, uh, flower child, uh, whatever sort of you know free dancing in the. There's still <laughs> there's still structure. If you exist in this earth and in this society. They're structured and, the, and you have to you have to understand it and use it. And that's that's where these personal routines, these personal systems are so powerful for people. I don't I don't know if that's where you were going. I think I, yeah, I took it yeah. a little bit off, but uh, that that's no. a, a huge part for entrepreneurs, I, I believe, is is what's your routine yeah, and, and people that are just working from home. I mean,
0: yes, that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly you know, what I was getting at.
1: Yeah, I, I wanted mean, to
0: set the stage for that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I, I've been I've been working from home uh, well before the Rona happened, you know. Uh, so from like 2015 or so, and I always have done it the same way. I treat working from home just like I'm driving to the office. The only difference is my commute is, you know, 30 steps from the kitchen as opposed to 30 minutes in the truck. I get up, I get dressed, I put my shoes on, I put my pants on. I am in the mode to do the work. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how people do it in their bunny slippers and all that stuff. It's like, <laughs> okay, but you're not engaged. I don't, I don't believe you can truly be engaged if that's, you know, if that's how you do it, it but if it works, it works. You know? Yeah.
0: And, and I want to thank you for just being so generous with all that. I, I, I want to go back to a moment, uh, I think is important in the story before we go that far. And that is specifically before Tribe and Purpose became uh, your focus. Uh, where were you just before that? What were you doing? You had you just gone out and then went to go because you said you were working already, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it took me seven years uh, post-Army to figure it out. Uh, worked for five different companies. I was consulting in between those companies. Every company I thought was going to be it for the next twenty years, and 90, de- ninety days into every one of them, I was like, "Something ain't right here." Man, I don't know what it is, but something ain't right. Remember that, you know, that gut, that gut feeling I talked about? I had that gut feeling that something wasn't right. And what happened to me was, I, I had a great job. Uh, worked for a good friend of mine, a small business based in my hometown of Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, I had carte blanche. I was I was the only guy in the company who worked remote. Uh, I was a chief strategy officer, and I had freedom. I could do whatever. I traveled where I wanted to. Went and met with whomever I wanted to because I was doing strategy. You know, big big hand, little map, waves of of business. You know, strategy out there, and I was miserable. I was frustrated and miserable. And I was sitting here in my home office. Uh, it's been about five years now, five years ago, uh, feeling sorry for myself, wondering who I was supposed to be, what I was supposed to be doing, what was my my meaning of life, all those sort of questions that, that boil up. And as I, as I started to think and realize, you know, since leaving the Army, there'd only been two things that I'd had con- consistent since leaving the Army, and that was my family and rugby, because I'd I just at that point just finished my seventh year of uh, coaching boys high school rugby, and <clears throat> excuse me, as I looked at that, and why was it? Why had I spent you know practically a, another full time job every day for six months out of the year, and then two or three times a week in the off season, done all of this stuff? And as I looked at it, I realized the game of rugby is an awesome game. I always give it a plug. You see my rugby ball in the background uh, from the USA uh, going to the World Cup a couple of years ago. That was number one. Number two was the boys. uh, 35 extra sons for my wife and I in and out of our house all the time. We love those boys. Uh, Matter of fact, I was just at a graduation party for one of my former players from medical school on Saturday. Just how proud I am of them. amazing uh and but what i realized that the third thing the act of coaching is what was is what was keeping me in the game what literally what was keeping me there it was challenging those young men to do more than they thought they could holding them accountable teaching guiding mentoring them not just in the game of rugby but in life and that was that was when i realized that's what i'm supposed to be doing for others that's how that's what i do to give back to society is is, is creating a legacy of leaders. That's my purpose to make the world better by making better leaders.
0: Ah, I love where this conversation is going because of how many people may even start businesses, be really successful, and still not be in a place where that's their purpose. Right? Mm. We could talk, you can point at almost any leader and say, Yeah, this isn't what I intended to do, but I'm doing great. Right. And then you get enough time to yourself and You have enough time to think out loud and you realize, wow, I'm not even sure this is what I want to be doing, which is crazy, because for some people, that would be the dream. I don't know if uh, you can relate to that, Jason, uh, but so some people can succeed and then still not feel like what they're doing matters. And I know that's why you as well, uh, both you, Otis and Jason, you both have your hands in a couple of things where you're just constantly helping others grow. And so I want to make sure that I give uh, ample room here for Jason to chime in and just sort of, uh, input on some of the things you just shared. Cause it's, it's a key and important moment that many people might even gloss over and not see coming.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, first of all, business is war, right? It is, it is. It's like its own little war, just it's, it's different thing. And I always tell people, you know, business is war. You're just not getting shot at. That's all. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Right. So nobody's
1: going to die. Just got to remind you,
2: nobody's going to die today. Right. So that's, that's really important. And then, you know, you start talking about, you know, really having a purpose and loving what you do. You know, I, I'm in very much a very similar business as Otis is. Um, He's more on the coaching. I'm more on the strategy side of things, but Still, it's, it's all leadership built and driven by leadership, right? And, you know, the thing is, is I have six other companies and I hate all of those because none of them are about leading people. They're either selling a service or a product or something, right? There's nothing fun about it. It doesn't fill my cup, right? You got to do something that at least fills your cup, it doesn't mean you have to like get up every morning with, you know, fricking unicorns and shit flying out of your ass. But I mean, because that's not real, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but but you get up and you have a sense of purpose to what you're going to do in the day. You know, I, I always love that. It's the first part of uh, General McCraven's speech at a college,
1: Adam, and Admiral McCraven.
2: It's it's about his whatever yeah Admiral McRaven that's right but it's it's his 10 things or whatever and the first one is about having a purpose and the first thing you have to do is just get up and make your bed right because that's an accomplishment for that day you've got up and you've had an accomplishment of making your bed and You know, I mean, if you haven't listened to that, please go Google it. It is very inspiring. Um, Admiral McRaven, it was at—I don't know what—was at the
1: University of Texas. Texas. It was a commencement. University
2: of Texas. It was actually right
1: before he. I'm—I'm a friend of Admiral McRaven's. It was actually right before he became president of the university. So.
2: Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. You got the call, Otis. (laughs) Yeah,
0: call Otis. So he's got the end. (laughs) So that that moment where you saw clearly, clear as day, there's a reason why I keep doing this, even though everything else in my life is demanding my time and attention. I make time for this. And you listed out all the reasons, but you also were able to tap into why it is you felt so called to do this. How did you flip that into a business? Did you already understand business models well enough? Or were you like, I don't care how, I'm going to make it happen.
1: Well, uh, I'm guessing you mean me, but I want i want yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to touch on something about purpose real quick. If you're, if you feel like you got to push yourself to do it, then that's not your purpose. Your purpose should pull you. It should be the rope around the waist, pulling you out of bed, pulling you into action. That's what your purpose should be. You shouldn't have to force yourself to do it. now there's things you're going to have to force yourself to do in life right the, you, you know main you know uh, what were we talking about the other day jason uh making it through the suck i, I can't remember the, i'm drawing a blank on the phrase yeah. embrace the suck there we go embrace
2: yeah. the suck yeah
1: yeah, yeah. i mean okay. it's yeah you got to do that right but that makes it all the better but if if that purpose isn't pulling you through the suck then it's probably not your purpose so
0: mm.
1: now Sorry, re ask your question. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, it, it ties right into it. And, and that is that it's not like like everything else was was trying to ask for your attention and you were making the time and effort. But one thing that was effortless, even though it was a full-time job, as you said, was being there as a coach and challenging other minds to grow beyond their limits. How did you flip that from just being the coaching thing with uh, you know, with uh with kids and helping them grow and do sports to turning it into a business at a, at, at an executive level?
1: Uh, well, the first thing I did is I started talking to people in my network. Uh, that was the first thing I was like, Hey, uh, well, I'll take it back one more step. The first thing I did was I decided I didn't want to be a professional rugby coach. I I decided that (laughs) that was, that was my first decision at 50 years old. I'm not going to start being, you know, start that walk up the, up the pyramid. No. So I started talking to a couple of friends about this feeling I had about coaching and how much I enjoyed it. And I, I even reflected on, on my time as, as a leader in the Army and, and how I led there and how I coached and mentored my team in those, in those uh, situations. And as I talked to my friends, I said, hey, there's, there's this thing called business coaching. There's another thing called executive coaching. I'm like, what? I hadn't even heard of it. All I knew about was like Tony Robbins, life coaching, right? Clapping your hands and jumping up and down. <laughs> I'm like, me. I'm not, I'm not a raw guy. Uh, so what talking to these guys, they, they introduced me to those two terms. And then I got introduced to a couple of successful coaches at the second and third level of my network, bottom coffee, sat down and said, how'd you do this? How do you, how do you run a business in this sense? What is it that you do? What's it, you know, who, who are your, who are your uh, clients and all these sort of things. And they gave me a great education. And that's, that was how I, I learned how to change it into this, this, you know, volunteer rugby, high school rugby coach into being a leadership coach as a business.
0: Yeah. And so that's where most people, like, for example, they're listening to a podcast like this and they go, right, right. I get it then they don't execute, right? So how did you get yourself? Was it effortless because it was so strong of a purpose for you? You knew this is what you wanted to do that didn't matter what it was going to take, even if you knew that it was going to take this much work and it was going to be this difficult, but you knew that eventually it would work. Is that sort of just what it was, one foot in front of the other? Or did you realize, wow.
1: I had a a couple of (laughs) things.
2: Before you answer that. Yeah, go
1: ahead.
2: I think it's really important that people know that, we're also, this isn't somebody that just started a coaching company because they didn't have their job or something like that. You're talking 20 plus years of leadership experience coming into it. There's yeah. a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be sure to point that out because that's an important fact about this conversation is. You know, you don't just graduate college and think you're going to lead people and teach them how to do leadership (laughs) and all this stuff, right? Okay. So I just, I just want to make that clear going into the conversation that just because like Otis didn't, you know, started his, his journey in this executive coaching stuff, right? There's 20 some years of peer experience coming behind that, that, You know, your average schmuck out there doesn't have.
0: Under real pressure, yeah.
2: Right, and I don't want to make that sound like it's like, punching people in the face but i kind of am a little bit Um, it's a little clarity uh, yeah but but it is it's just to be clear you don't just come into these things and it's like one day voila i'm just gonna teach people how to lead right it doesn't work that way i read a book right heard a podcast (laughs) so now i'm gonna go (laughs) yeah so anyway go back to that i just needed to clarify that thank you no it's true. you know, make sure we're all on the same sheet of music as listeners. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Bring, bring me back around, Philip. I've completely lost it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There. So, so a lot of people take the time to try to reach out to people online, find mentors, what have you, but they don't have the experience that that you have. I mean, it's, it's not only that you had leadership experience, you had leadership experience under real pressure in possibly foreign lands and, and domestic lands, right? So we're talking just to highlight what Jason was saying and what I was asking you is that there was an interesting mixture of things that happened that got you to a point where you were making the decision to move forward. However, for some people who might be listening, they might have their own mixture and might even have, have the opportunity to sit down and, and have coffee with someone and they still don't take action, you know? it's So for you, was it a matter of, you were already prepared and all you needed to know was a few things to unlock that. Or even with all your experience, was it, was it drudgery launching a business in the field that you knew your purpose existed in?
1: Well, to uh, steal Jason's words, it wasn't all unicorns. I can tell you that, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, one thing I, I, I had two things going for me. I'm a planner. So I had a plan. Uh, I had a vision for what I wanted to do, how I wanted to get and accomplish that vision. And the other thing that that pulled me, and it still does to this day, is one of, one of my driving factors, my passion, is to get back to the veteran tribe. So I, I coach soon-to-be veterans, we call them fellows, uh, service members that are transitioning out, and I help them figure out what the heck they're going to do so that they don't repeat the mistakes that I did and spend seven years bouncing around from job to job thinking that's going to be, so that was a huge, and still is a huge incentive for me. I, I mean, it's one of my, uh, sometimes I feel sorry for those guys when I get on to them, when we're on a, on a call, the the, the first call is always a little bit of a shock to them when I, when I, I, I lay it out and tell them why we're doing this and why I'm going to make sure they don't have the same mistakes that we have. Cause here, here's the other piece that I've, I've learned how to explain this just recently in the last six months or so. It's if you keep what you know, your experiences, your knowledge up here, and you're not sharing it, you're being one selfish SOB. 100%. You know, anybody that's out there listening, if you've got ex- an experience and you're not sharing that experience with somebody else, So that they don't have, so they can get better. So they can they can leap ahead in their job. They can leap ahead in their business. They can avoid the pitfalls that you went through. If you're not sharing that, you're a selfish son of a bitch. (laughs) There's no other way of putting it.
0: That's true. (laughs) Wow. I would agree with that. (laughs) So so a clear. So we're putting it together here. There's a clear sense of purpose. You you find that out. And you also have clear incentives tied to your purpose. When you start to align those, it makes overcoming challenges, especially as there will be in business when launching a business from the admin work to actually creating a situation where you can get clients going and what that means. All of that allows for you to be able to face those things, knowing that there's going to be merit to what you're doing and that's why purpose and incentives are so important this I'm piecing this together just from our conversation but now I want to flip the script and because these, these are my what I've surmised from just having a brief conversation about the story but now you've launched tribe and purpose and you're getting clients does the process look similar to that to kind of the conversation we just had or or is it completely different?
1: No, there's always the the frustration of, of the business side because you know there's things that you gotta do. You know, as you're growing a business, there's there's only so much revenue. So you you know that what do what do we tell all all founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, if it's not something you want to do, then hire somebody to do it. Well, there's only so much cash in the bank, too. So you can't, you know, I can't throw it all away and just do the thing that I love because you got to get to that point as you scale your business. That's one of the great things about it. And there's an incentive right there. All right. If I get two more clients, then I can take this thing, this other thing that I do and hand it off to somebody else, you know, somebody else that that's their passion. That's what they love to do. They're an expert at that instead of me trying to figure out how to do it. So, so I I think that's a continuous thing in business because even, even as you grow, and you get to that point, there's still those things that are like, yeah, well, you know, that didn't work out so well or or whatever. We still got to still have a lot to to learn, no matter what size your business is, as long, you know, uh, to, to put it in a broader sense. It's the the lifelong learner. Uh, what what's next? Because as your business grows, you should be growing. You should see what's next, creating that next vision. That next opportunity. How do you change? What's that going to do to change your business? How do you modify? How do you pivot? How do you adjust? Because you know, Facebook changed the way they do their ads, or or LinkedIn did this, or or here's a here's a personal one. My TEDx talk that was doing really good and getting a lot of views on, on YouTube. Well, there was a problem with the TED website. So they had to take it down. And now when they finally repost it again, whenever that happens in the next week or so my my views will be zero again and so you know how do you fix that how do you how do you move forward from that you know all these all these things it's you know it's it's never it's never roses but it's always better you know i see you
0: so know? when people so when people come to you at the when they're at the point in time when they seek out uh tribe and purpose and and what 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 you do uh they have any number of problems, but do any of them ever feel confident about their purpose already and just feel like testing it against whatever you might know? Or what does that look like?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think if I've had anybody that came to me with that kind of clarity. Usually, usually it's a, I'm not really sure. Matter of fact, I had a a call with a a future client uh, this morning uh, and she's like, I'm just tired of going through the motions. I, I, I don't know what I want to do. Cause I said, so, you know, we, we understand who we are today and then we want to figure out who we want to be. And she said, I have no idea who I want to be. I have no idea where and what and who I want to be in the future. Hmm, That's a tough place, you know, and, and there's millions and millions of people out there that that's the way they live their life. In reaction mode, they just they're just going through the motions every morning. They don't they don't know the only thing they're thinking about is when's my what you know when's five o'clock on Friday and when's my next vacation. Uh. They're not thinking about anything else. Maybe they're thinking about retirement because maybe they're saving for retirement. They're not looking at it as a vision to pull them to where they want to be so that they can start living with intention. They're living in reaction mode, and you know I, I've been there. you know, after the army, I lived in reaction mode and, you know, somebody send me an offer letter. I'd be like, Oh, cool. You must, you must really think I'm smart. I'm, I'm good. And, you know, important and all that stuff. Somebody wants me. And so I take the job and without any other thought, and that's, that's that reaction mode. That's just going through the motions, man. It's a tough place to live. It's, It's no fun.
0: What about people who, and this could be people from all levels of life, who have written down, have done the work uh, of figuring out what it is they want to do. And then they still don't go after it. <laughs> what, 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 do you say to people like that?
1: Are you sure? Well, first off, are you sure that's what you want to do? <laughs> right? Because if, if you're not willing to, you know, that, that falls into the, I want to, you know, I wanted this, I wanted that, uh, I should have this, I should have that, you know, if, if it doesn't, back to that, if it doesn't pull you, it's probably not the right thing. And if you, if you truly believe it and you write it down, you've taken it that far to write it down, then you need to share it. You need to get yourself part of a, become part of a tribe, right? So that your tribe holds you accountable. Hey, hey, Philip. Did you uh, make those phone calls you said you were going to make? That were that were the action steps that lead to the objectives you said you wanted to accomplish this month? Did you? Why didn't you? Yeah. You know. You know. You start to it, having an accountability partner is an amazing tool, and being part of a tribe is a great way to have that accountability partner that will. Man, because you know what I, I always use the gym the gym expression, Jason. You know this, man. You know you're. It's it's about three o'clock in the afternoon. You're like, dude, I just I just want to go home and have a beer. I just want to go home and have a beer. And <laughs> about four o'clock, my phone rings. And it's Jason, and he's like, Hey, Otis, man, uh, see you at the gym in about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? I mean, that's yeah, where an accountability partner is. And, and and it wasn't, it wasn't a, it was more of a Jason was probably on the other end going, Damn, I hope Otis says no. <laughs> 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 you know, that, that, yeah. that's but that's what an accountability partner does. And and we as humans, we hate letting people down. Oh, yeah. oh we will we will screw ourselves over all day long. But you know what? If I tell Jason I'm gonna do something and I know Jason's gonna call me tomorrow and I ain't got it done, shit, I'm staying up tonight, getting I'm working on that <laughs> damn thing because I don't want to let Jason down. You know, it's, that, that's, that's a human nature thing. So that, that's another great aspect. And that's why we have the tribe part of the tribe and purpose of being held accountable by, by your friends, family, counterparts, coworkers,
2: you name it. Oh yeah. It's good to, it's, it's really good to just have, you know, uh, it's good to have somebody to be accountable to. Right. I mean, uh, me and Otis are a part of a group together and uh you know just, just for some perspective, right? And we met the other morning and he goes, I need everybody to go update this shit, right? <laughs> and it, I mean, I I didn't update it, right? I didn't I didn't necessarily know I needed to do it at that moment, but but you can guarantee that shit got done. <laughs> it was done. I did it. I'll be I checking it, it exactly when we hang up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it here if it wasn't true. <laughs> yeah, you know I'd be calling you, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what the hell? Are you going to bullshit on a podcast? What's wrong <laughs> with you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but
2: that that's just all that whole thing of, it's also respect, right? Oh. That we we respect the people around us that, you know, we've chosen to be associated with, right? That's a huge part of it. Because mm-hmm. like me personally, I mean, I'm probably not going to associate with you if I really don't care for you all that much, right? Because <laughs> it's it's not always just about, well, you're a client. Well, I don't want to work with somebody I don't want to work with, right? I don't want to, I don't wanna put myself in touch points with people that I don't want to be around or be accountable to, or somebody to go, hey Jack you told me you were going to do this and you didn't do it. You just lost some points here. And then I'm just going to be like, fuck. (laughs) 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 That's some bullshit on me. Right. But that's how you hold each other accountable is take a few heat rounds in the face every once in a while.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah.
0: In a day like today, that's something that's so important given like, just think about the way we're doing this, right. We're, Mm-hmm. Doing it remotely, and the younger generation is growing up less and less involved with people in person on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Which means they don't—they probably didn't develop a skill to even re- retain a relationship long distance because of that, right? Because it all starts from practice that you had in person. So there are some interesting things that I think young people are facing today, and, I, and I'm curious. I know that you usually work with uh, with executives, and they're not always the youngest people. I'm not saying that it's not possible, but it They they tend to be busy paying the dues to get there. Uh, but you also coached young people for a very long time. And, uh, I'm wondering, Otis, do you find that there are any skills or things that knowing what you know now, if you went back to when you were still early on in coaching rugby, that you would, you would add to the things you'd say to those young kids?
1: Yeah, I think I would. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I started doing towards the towards the end before, I, by the way, I, I refer to my my coaching career. I'm on sabbatical, just in just in case I, I didn't end it. I'm not retired from it. I'm on <laughs> sabbatical. Uh, but one of the things <laughs> I would I would definitely do is give them give them life lessons. Uh. You know, because here's here's how our season would go. We would once we would start, we'd run January through June, and we were together six days a week. We would practice Monday through Friday and have a game on Saturday. Monday, and then once the game started, so Mondays would be film day, and they'd all the boys would be here at the house, and we'd we'd watch the game film. That would have been one of the probably the best opportunity to just whatever. Little life lesson it is whether it's uh, a relationship, how to do relationships, how to sell something, how to uh, manage money. Uh, you know, in, in hindsight, that would have been a, a just the perfect time, the perfect time to do that because there, it's it's a nice, relaxing environment. Miss Suzanne makes chocolate chip cookies for them. They're drinking lemonade, so they're eating. They're chilling out. They're all hanging out together in this nice close knit of just 30 boys piled into this one room, our living room that <laughs> used to stink so damn bad when they left.
0: <laughs> but
1: that—that that is, looking back on it, that is the one thing uh, I would definitely do is is add that aspect in, a weekly lesson, life lesson form. So that, I mean, they learned a lot. One of the great things about rugby is is the character that it develops carries through. I, I mean, a, a kid that, that didn't have good character didn't perform well on the pitch. On or off, it didn't matter. Uh, because if you don't have good character, you can't be a good teammate. And rugby, rugby is so much about all 15 players on the pitch working together. So there, there's very there's there's names known, but that superstar name can't carry the other 14 players like in other sports. So it's that that is that that test of character and the work ethic and those things that went into it on the pitch carried into their life off the pitch. But it would have been nice to to be not let them just kind of figure out that was what was happening, but show them those things too.
0: Mm. yeah so that that would mean any young leader should pay attention to learning every day being able to reflect and what did i learn ask that question uh if they if they intend to be serious about having an ambitious life that, that goes somewhere uh but also making sure that they take great care to learn about sales and to learn about what it means to have real relationships in life and and to be able to put themselves in a position where they understand the basics of money management and can take it further. Ideally, these are things that like across the board, if you can have those lined up before you go out and do what you're doing or, or do it while you're doing what you're trying to accomplish, you get a lot better, uh, a lot further along faster. Is this accurate?
1: Oh yeah. hundred percent. Because you've got the tools earlier in life and you can, you know, you can start to apply them very early on in life. And imagine, you know, I, I also like to think of the, imagine if you had clarity in what your purpose was at 18, 19 years old. Now <laughs> here, here's, here's a, I want to, I want to kind of put the, the footnote, the, the public service announcement on on this part. You may have a purpose at 18, 19 years old. That doesn't mean that it's your life purpose. Our purpose can change. It's okay. Right. But if you had that kind of clarity of something you knew pulling you, pulling you forward at that age, that's a powerful place to be in life.
0: Right on. Uh now there's two things, and I'm sure Jason may interject here, uh, two things left in our conversation. And man, it just feels like it's so short because there's so much to get from this. But uh number one, where do you prefer for people prefer for people to get a hold of you? Like is it your website, a social channel?
1: Uh both, I mean, really, the if you go to tribe-purpose.com, click the get started button, and you have two options. One, sign up for our Monday Moments newsletter. It's a great way to kick off your week. It's it's me sharing those experiences that I have so that you can live a better life and have more excitement and success that week. And then the other thing on that same page is you can sign up, you know, get a uh, schedule a call with me, get on my calendar, schedule a call, and we can talk about how you can have more clarity and resolve in your purpose.
0: Nice. And with that, the grand finale, before I go into it, Jason, is there, is there anything you wanted to pick up that maybe I got in the way of you saying while we were talking?
2: Let's roll into the finale, baby. Let's do it. All right.
0: <laughs> so the grand finale, Otis, uh, is if you could have invited anybody today to sit in on our conversation, maybe even be a an additional guest, dead or alive, who would you have loved to have had here and why?
1: Oh, My, my go-to is uh, Marcus Aurelius. Uh, the Roman emperor. Uh, I'm, I'm a stoic. Uh, I love that philosophy as part of what drives me uh, in in each and every day. And if you think about, uh, you know, his book, Meditations, the, some people call it a, a journal. Some people say it's, you know, notes to his son for when his son becomes, becomes emperor. But either way, it was written 2,500 years ago. And it is amazing how much it applies today. Leadership in life. Uh, highly, highly recommend anybody out there, if you haven't read it, to, to pick it up and and read it. I mean, you can get a paperback copy off of Amazon for 99 cents. Why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah. You know? Valid. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm so glad you said that. I think it uh, it paints a picture of the type of DNA that you bring to script. You combine that with the experiences we know you've had in service and uh, and a- as a coach, and there's just these strong values and this cohesive picture of what people can expect from being part of tribe and purpose. There really is tribe and purpose thrown into that, and with an objective of getting you to a better place than you were before having uh, come across tribe and purpose. So. Uh, I can't thank you enough for breaking it down, being open about some of the experiences in your life. Uh, I definitely want to have a moment of reflection myself on what it means to be part of a team after our conversation. So thank you so much for all you do. Those are my closing thoughts, Jason.
2: Yeah. Well, I always like to end with this. It's 168 hours in the week. Thank you for stopping by and spending 30 of them with us. Um, We're busy but you know what? We're never really that busy, are we? Um, no. Not really. Not really. There's always, <laughs> it's always time for friends, no matter right. what. And uh, thanks for coming by and spending some time with us, brother, and uh, look forward to a long lasting, uh, you know, relationship with you. And uh, thanks for coming to the war room. Appreciate yeah,
1: it, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Good to see y'all. All right.
2: Cheers.